Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 621 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, hello. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm very cool and ready to do a podcast. I am very cool as well. Uh, I mentioned on Ad Odds this week, I'm making a concerted effort not to uh, pin the needle uh, on my voice when we start the show. Because I'll go back and I'll edit it and I'll see at the beginning of the show, like, my levels are, like, way high. And then they come down to, like, a normal level, you know? Right. When the, when, when the Spectrox wears off. Mm-hmm. That's that initial, you know, bump on the uh, the levels, you know? Right. I'm trying to keep my uh, gargling of phlegm down to a minimum. Oh, thank you. And just so you know, I'm doing everything in my power not to clip my fingernails while we're doing the show as well. Oh, Good. Uh, I, maybe that's the clunking sound is your fingernails hitting the desk while you're, yes. you know, screwing around. Oh, and this is, oh, um, the, uh, do you, have you ever heard the term, uh, we're talking about like all these sounds and stuff that would be horrible on a podcast. Right. Um, do, have you ever heard the term that ASMR? Yeah, that's that thing that like. Certain sounds and whispers and stuff like that. It's a bit of a thing some people like, maybe. Okay. So I've had people explain what it is to me no less than like 10 times. Mm-hmm. And every time they explain it to me, I'd have no idea what they were talking about. And I would just pretend that I got it. Because I didn't want to seem stupid. I mean, I don't know the logistics <laughs> of it. I just mean like... Uh, it is like some person will be like whispering into a microphone or like they scratch it like a, a puff ball or something. I don't know. It's certain sounds, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then my kid was watching something that was ASMR and he's watching the video and he's explaining it to me as he's watching the video and the video's on in the background and getting the explanation with watching, hearing it at the same time finally got it to click for me. Ah, so you had an example. Made yes, it gotcha. yes. Um, and it's essentially just like satisfying sounds. Right. That's right. all it is. And like but, the, the way people were explaining it to me didn't make any sense. Right. It's satisfying sounds just like this podcast, Joe. Let's give it a whirl and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into what we have to discuss here in the world of comics. Um, did Bad Idea have a good idea? For the first time ever. <laughs> um, we can pinpoint where the uh, leak of the Batgirl movie is going to happen. <laughs> and uh, we have some updates to some movie release dates. And we also have a follow-up to a question that we had asked here on the show last week. Uh, conventions this weekend. And there's a biggie this weekend. That's going to be, um, I guess, a little bit somber, I would guess. Uh, what we read this past week, which would be I Hate This Place number four and Tales of the Human Target number one. What we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, one of the final pushes for the pigskin pickums. And spoiler and Easter egg. Oh, spoiler and Easter egg talk of She Hulk. The results of the latest. Um,. Todd and Joe have issues, a.k.a. Todd and Joe go rogue, a.k.a. the Silver Standard, uh, a.k.a. the Battle for Second Place, uh, and the next matchup as well. Uh, so everything's kind of out of order, but we're going to get there, I promise. Wow. I, now I know it's not just me who can get things out of order on the opening. 
So, I'll let you know I was looking at my text file as opposed to my email, where e- the email kind of spreads it out a little bit more. Right. Me, I just stare off into space and do it. So Right. Not like we haven't been doing this podcast for however long we've been doing this podcast for, you know? Almost a little close to a decade, I think. Yeah. So uh, right before, right after we recorded last week, and I'm getting ready to go to the comic book shop to pick up my books, I see coming across the news wire uh, <laughs> that Mark Wade and David Latham are doing a book uh, or a story with the company Bad Idea, and it's in previews. And I'm like, oh. Um, you know, I don't have the physical previews in my hand, but I went over the order form and I don't recall bad idea even soliciting their books in there ever. I go, I like Mark Wade, I like David Latham. I'll 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 get that book, right? And then I fi- and then I look at the news story and it's not a book that they're soliciting that you could order through previews. It's an 8-page comic that's in previews itself. Right. So, and- oh, go ahead, go ahead. Now, I, I was looking over this, the, the article that, that, that you sent to me because our local retailer said that this is a this will never be reprinted anywhere else, they were saying? Yes. So, I, I think our good friend Becky sent us something uh, from the Bad Idea presser on this. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I could find it. And I don't care if I'm reading whatever it is that they sent out. Um, Okay. Yeah. Where was it sent? To the comic shop's email address. Oh, okay. No, I mean to us. She sent it to us. No, she sent it to me. Oh, well, then I never saw it. Okay. Right. You never saw it. That's what's confusing me. But go ahead. (laughs) Right. Um, So they sent out an email uh, which had the uh, cover of the. Marvel previews that some people claim is the first appearance of Miles Morales Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Marvel previews catalog has nothing to do with Bad Idea, but some would say it's the first appearance of Miles Morales. Those people would be wrong. That's ridiculous because it's marketing. Marketing can't be a first appearance. Dramatic pause for the six different first appearances of Spawn. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, some do say it. Well... Uh, we say they're puppets, puppets of the pump and dump manipulative games, big comic media play, a never ending game of puppets, building more puppets who just build bigger puppets who build more puppet puppets. What is our ultimate fate? If this continues a world where we are extinct and all that remains is giant puppets who think ultimate fallout number four is a second appearance. Uh, that being said, bad ideas officially back. (laughs) And, uh, and that was their announcement of their thing in previews. Nothing in there that says it's not going to be reprinted anywhere else, but I would almost guarantee it's not going to be reprinted anywhere else because as you mentioned, our local retailer had people coming looking to buy copies of previews. Yes. See, this was all unknown to me. Because last week I went in to get my previews and got my books. Due to a series of events, Becky had to leave early. So, like, I was I had my books, but things were happening. So they were all, like, running to get stuff done. And then, uh, like, I, I go to get r- rung up and somebody mentioned previews. This was before the, the fallout had happened. I'm like, oh, previews came in? 
And they're they're like, yeah, but we didn't. We I don't think we opened a box. And Becky's like running out the door, and I'm like, okay, just ring me up. You don't have what it, whether it was the Marvel or the DC. I'm like, you'll have all three next week. I'll pick up all three. So I leave. I come back this week to get my stuff, and I walk in, and the young and impressionable Josh is working behind the counter, and he knows that I was in last week. I'm like, okay, you got to give me my books. I got this. I got that. I said, could I have a copy of the previews? He looked at me. I'm like, what? He's like, I said, I wasn't, you know, he's like, really? I said, yeah. Like, and he's, he goes, well, well, let me go get one. And he had to go like in another room and get them. And I'm like, what's going on here? He comes out. He goes, I thought you were joking because they're go. And he tells me this story and I'm like, no, no, no. And I tell him the story. What happened? I said, Becky, you didn't get me one. I figured I'd get all three. So, oh, okay. And that's when he lays it on me that people were coming in and they're going for money. And I said, well, can I have this copy and put it in my bag, but can I get a reader copy to read while I'm here <laughs> kind of a deal? So I don't ruin mine and the value, but it like, cause I hadn't really read the, the show notes yet. And it shook me to the core. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be an interesting show. So here we are. I just find it fascinating. And what's, you know, what's old is new again, you know? Right. As two people who do a comic book podcast on our Patreon in regards to old previews catalogs and attempting to acquire some of those and what people consider uh, to be valuable, I would say these are selling on eBay currently uh, on average for about 15 bucks. Right. Which is crazy for a preview. Which is is crazy for a preview. And like, again, listen, I looked up sold listings. Um, these are previews catalogs that have a cover price. They have a cover price on them somewhere, don't they? Right. But any good comic book shop worth their salt, uh, cover price is five bucks on a previews catalog, right? Mm-hmm. So they're selling for $15. They've gone up triple in less than a week, Right. Right. Now, granted, there's some entrepreneurial folks that have their listing up there for $250 at the fingers crossed, and some have sold below 15 and some have sold above 15 but 15 appears to be the median price. Um, I don't know if this, you know, even though I don't agree with it, and, you know, I hate the fact that previews catalogs cost more than their cover price because it's essentially a catalog. Um, I think this is bad idea's first good idea. Really? Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's, I think it's all dumb. I was talking about that today. Just for the fact that your product isn't even in the previews to find and buy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I have to go hunt down. I don't know. I just, the only thing that makes me interested in this that brings it all around is Mark Wade and Lapham are involved. uh, And that's quality, you know, craftsmanship so i would kind of want to read this yeah but it's bad idea and i don't want to give them any of my money i'm not giving them any of my money either but this and again as we have lamented over the last like three years four years however long we've been doing the preview show um you know how much we hate this sort of thing i'm like they got me you know Okay, that's one of us. Yeah. 
Um, so again, interesting. Don't pay more than full price for it. Um, it's not that big of a deal. Um, if you don't read this story, um, it's good. It's Mark Wade. It's David Latham. You know, you're going to get what you expect, but, um, we'll see what's, what bad ideas next idea is. Usually we kind of ignore it unless they do something really over the top, like the, uh, you know, what was it like the invisible things, you know? Right. I was just looking at the article that we have here, yeah. and the next big thing is that they uh, they promise a mammoth two-part slate uh, of comic books to rival what has come before, with seven new titles being directly distributed to stores, not through Diamond, and are offering a blind pre-order from now until seven, the September 7th, uh, before you even know what they are. The first 10 people to pre-order all seven titles at a, you know, participating store like our comic shop, absolutely, will get a sticker. That's right, a sticker, a sticker that can be redeemed to get different endings to the comics you buy. I'm already out. First no, see, all, I'm, I'm, I'm out on that. Right. So what is this, Clue all of a sudden? I wish it was Clue. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, so moving on in the news, uh, last week, apparently on the Warner's, the Warner Brothers lot, uh, they had what they were referring to as funeral screenings for a bunch of the stuff that got pulled and was finished from HBO Max. Uh, the Scooby-Doo Halloween Christmas thing had one, but most notably Batgirl had one. Uh, whatever footage was available, they kind of cobbled together what they could, and they had cast and crew come to the Warner Brothers lot to film, um, you know, what they had of the film before everything was gone. Which kind of flies in the face of the report that we had from last week, where they were saying, like, film stuff on your cameras because it's being deleted off the hard drives as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you never know. Maybe somebody, you know, had stuff that they didn't realize at the time of the report, you know? Right. Backed up. Uh, backed up somewhere so i will say while it stinks that this movie did not come out i'm glad that they did give the folks that were involved with it a chance to see like what their hard work kind of ended up being you know right and it gave them a chance to shoot a bunch of stuff while they were watching the movie not necessarily the movie itself so when the documentary about this comes out in a few years they yes. chronicle that moment i swear to god that that's there is going to be a documentary about all of this someday, and somebody's thinking ahead already. Hopefully, there is some forward thought with this as opposed to the last time. You know? No, I get you, I get you, but I just I hope to see some behind the scenes stuff of what like what happened. I don't know, uh-huh. but do you think we'll see any uh, leaked footage, Joe? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I keep track of these sort of things again, cause I'm, you know, post pandemic, I'm fascinated to see how some of the movie dates are getting moved around. Um, speaking of Warner brothers, they just announced, uh, this past week that they moved the Shazam and Aquaman movies yet again. Uh, the Shazam movie, um, initially was supposed Shazam two, let's say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, was supposed to come out summer of uh, June 2023. They moved it to Christmas of 2022, and now they've moved it yet again to March 2023. Right. 
The reasoning allegedly behind that is it would have been opening either the same weekend as or too close to Avatar 2, and they didn't want to have any competition there. Okay. Uh, Aquaman uh, 2 is also moved yet again. That was initially supposed to be Christmas 2022. Then it was moved to March uh, of 2023, which is the new Shazam date, actually. Can't have two DC movies coming out on the same day. So now they've moved Aquaman 2 to Christmas of 2023. And they'll move it again when Avatar 3 comes out that day. Now, I will I will say, currently on the tentative schedule for that late in 2023, there's a Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie that's on that same day as well. Right. So get ready for Aquaman to probably move again. But no. The, no? No. He's going to stand his ground and make Star Wars move. Uh, you think so? Right. Yeah, no way. He's going to put his trident down and go, you shall not pass. Wait, that's a different movie. Right. But yeah, no, it's Aquaman's moving over Star Wars. I think Aquaman is going to move up to a different date in 2023. Like, it's not going to... If Aquaman falls into 2024, then that movie's never coming out, Right. I think it's going to move up to like a Thanksgiving release. Thanksgiving 2023? Yes. You'll move it up a month. Right. Ish, you know? Uh, but nothing, no uh, movement on Flash either. I know we talked a couple of weeks ago uh, in regards to the Ezra Miller apology tour that is sure to be coming out here any day now. Right. Uh, that is still slated for uh, summer, to, June 2023. So 2023 is looking to be DC's uh, year for the movies, you know? Right. They're going to have it all under wraps. <laughs> Maybe they'll move Joker 2 up or something. Yeah. I can't wait for that musical, man. Yeah. I'll pass on that. What? Did you pass on the original Joker? I still have not seen jo the first oh. Joker. I, I saw uh, King of Comedy... Back in the 80s, and then again in the 90s. So I'm okay. I don't need to see it again. I think you're pretty much good then. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, when we talked briefly uh, last week in regards to crossover number one 3D special uh, and the lateness of the Thor and Hulk books, and we had discussed, we were wondering if something was going on with Donny Cates. And nothing has come out, but at least to get the Thor books out on time. Um, there is a Thor crossover with Venom, where Venom is appearing in two issues of Thor. It's not crossing over with the actual Venom book. Venom book currently is being written by Al Ewing. So these two issues of Thor, where they cross over, where Venom appears in them, are going to be co-written by Al Ewing to help get those books out on time. I have a feeling they're going to be written more by Al Ewing, less by Donny Cates. Yeah. I definitely think so, too. Um, Which I will be picking them up, but since I wasn't wowed by Al Ewing's Venom that I read, yeah. I just, uh, they're going to go in my collection, I'm going to get them, but I'm not really looking forward to them. I'll be interested, I'll be interested to see how they end up panning out, you know what I mean? Uh, we'll see how the first one goes, and then, you know, yeah. Right. Uh, but that's really all I got in the news. Uh, this weekend, though, uh, there are a bunch of conventions 
but the biggie, uh, I would say, is Dragon Con is this weekend in the uh, greater Atlanta, Georgia area. Uh, lots of folks going to be there. Um, comic book folks, Mark Bagley, Brian Michael Bendis, Simon Bisley, John Bogdanovay. I don't know how to pronounce that last John name. John Bogdanov. Bogdanov, Jerry Conway, Peter David, Yannick Perquette, John Romita Jr., and then media guest-wise, uh, the only one that popped out for me is Breck Basinger. Stargirl. Right, which returns this week. We'll be talking about that next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was one of the big George Perez cons. Yeah. And with his recent passing, I'm sure... Uh, I didn't see anything on their website, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of folks there doing a lot of remembrances uh, of him. Because even when he was kind of wrapping up his convention appearances, um, he would always do Dragon Con and the other uh, non-comic book convention. that he Right, the one they named do. an award after him, yes. Yes, yes. I've never... They say Dragon Con can get pretty freaky. Um, I've never... <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, I've had a lot of creators. Every time I talk to them, they'll be like, you know, I've been here, been that. Dragon Con's a trip. You know, Dragon Con's a trip. Um, And then they'll tell you a story or two. I've never been. I always kind of wanted to go down. I figure maybe me and you can go down. We could crash at the basis place. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you'll be right up the alley for that. Sure. Yeah, it's probably nowhere near Savannah and Atlanta but uh, together. But we could just, you know crash there and then head down listen if i know anything about geography and i don't (laughs) once you're in the state where these cities that you know are in they're relatively right next to each other they're stacked right on one on yeah i like savannah's right next to atlanta right next to another big city mcdonough georgia sure peach tree georgia these are cities in georgia they're all like literally right next to each other. Yep, yep. You could practically walk to them. Yes, you could yes. if you wanted to die. Yes. Uh, so we'll have the link to Dragon Con stuff if you're in Atlanta um, this weekend. Uh, we also have in the show notes, of course, all the links to all of our friends. Soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, all the shows in the network anytime they go live. Or anytime anyone from these shows appear on any other shows and they let me know, you will find out about those appearances here. All the shows in the network, soon to be named network.com, uh, you'll find Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, At Odds with Wrestling, We Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Wings on Wings, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Porch Talk. Uh, I know uh, Hit My Music is back. Uh, this week with uh, one half of the AIW Tag Team Champions, my co-host on uh, At Odds with Wrestling, Todd's co-host on Porch Talk, Adam's doppelganger, Arthur MacArthur, uh, is the guest this week. That'll be coming out on Thursday. And also on Thursday is the limited engagement series, <laughs> No Chance in Helmet, as Todd and Marcus are moderated by Tim of Final Wrestling Place to determine the greatest helmet in the history of football. Uh, They did the uh, AFC East and West, and then they're doing... Right, they did the East and the West, and they're doing the South this week, right? No. 
We did the AFC East and the NFC East in one episode, and then we did the AFC North and the NFC North in one episode. All right, so it was the East and the North that you did, and you're doing the South this week. Right. Listen, I don't know how all these districts for the <laughs> AFC and the NFC are gerrymandered, right? Right, you don't know how they're running the territories in the NFL, Joe. Right. Uh, all I know is, uh, I'm just, I just, I just hope you guys, when you get there, are kind to our friends in Jacksonville. Is all I'm saying. Okay, that's it. Uh, but uh, anytime those shows go live, of course you can get them all on their individual feeds, or you can get them all when they come out at soontobenamednetwork.com. Uh, you can also check out a uh, friend of the show, uh, West Coast uh, comic book retailer in his own right, Mike. Sterling's blog at Progressive Rune, our friend Kevin's blog, Mass Library. I think he was just putting up some new stuff uh, that he had read recently. Uh, just recently read The Long Halloween, and he put up a review of that. Uh, you can go check out Rick Williams' The Chop Shop, all the cool resin, glow-in-the-dark, sci-fi fantasy wrestling figures that he does. Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, Chris Front's Battle Monsters, two listeners of this show that put out their own self-published comic books. There's links to those here uh, in the show notes of every single one of these episodes. And you can also check out our comic book shop, Comics on the Green. Let them be your comic book shop if you don't have one in your area or a good comic book shop in your area. Uh, check out their mail order subscription service. You can get your books mailed to you weekly, bi-weekly, monthly. And when you do, there's a chance you can get a sketch from our good friend Becky. You can find her process, her sketches her prints her everything uh over on her social media which is all linked up here uh i know she was just uh recently tweeting about some of the new stock that came in uh to the store i'm guessing that she must have bought up all of the r2d2 stuff yes uh just so nobody else could have it i guess <laughs> uh so definitely uh check out her social media there and uh, like i said all the stuff is in the show notes so definitely check all this out yes so let's get into what we read from this past week. Where would you like to begin, sir? I'm going to start with the book I was looking forward to most, which was Tales of the Human Target, uh, number one, written by Tom King with art, uh, because it has multiple stories, by Ken McGuire, Mikel Janine, Raphael Albuquerque, and Greg Smallwood. Um, the story basically starts out with uh, Guy Gardner, Fire, and Booster, uh, each telling uh, a story uh, to someone and we end up uh, learning a little bit like each story is fire when she was a model she ends up uh, going on this shoot with a photographer and he ends up uh, getting shot and she stays with him for you know to make sure that he's okay she promised she would never leave his side uh, Guy Gardner ends up uh, going after a rich kid who was abducted by the Church of the Blood, Brother Blood, and he becomes a disciple, and he goes on a crime spree. He takes care of that. Booster Gold is decides, somebody does takes a, a pot shot and tries to kill uh, a writer um, who's upset some people. So Bo Booster's like, oh, well, I'm going to go protect him because he has money. Um, maybe he'll pay me kind of a deal, or I'll at least get famous because it's all over the news. And we watch these stories play out as, uh, you know, we cut back and forth to each one. Um, and then we find out uh, the reason 
for all of, all of it is because someone is asking questions and I don't want to give too much away. It's how they all dovetail. What, whatever they have in common is the cool factor. And I did not actually see how they were all going to be in common uh, coming, except for one, the booster story seemed a little obvious on it. But uh, I this was as good as any of the human target issues. Uh, I loved it all, even though it wasn't all Greg Smallwood. Um, but what the little bit that he did was absolutely gorgeous as always. And then, you know, you have Kevin McGuire doing a booster st story. I swear I'm not buying any pages. And then uh, the, the rest of the artists do just as an amazing job. Uh, but just, you know, Kevin, those, those are my two of my favorite artists just above and beyond. Uh, I, I love this issue so much that I went and bought the two covers and I just got the, uh, the third one in 25 in the other day. And I'm happy that I have them all. Uh, I don't know if you know this Joe. I like the human target. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously we get Tom King writing narratives that are tailed to like two to three page clips to kind of see how they interweave, um, you know, with what uh, Chase does as the human target. Uh, the fire story was what it was, right? Mm -hmm. The guy story was what it was, right? I think, you know, you got a lot of like the feel for guy in that the booster gold stuff was my favorite. Sure. Uh, obviously, you and I have a little bit more affinity to Booster Gold. You have a much more affinity to these characters. But if we were to slice things down, uh, I think, you know, we would both put Booster to the top of our collective lists. But what Tom King did with Booster Gold in this book is kind of got better than anywhere else that I've really read. The money grubbingness or kind of, I guess, like how much of a jerk Booster Gold really is, yep. but how much of a likable jerk he is. Because he's not really out to hurt anybody. No. He just wants money. Who right. doesn't like money, Joe? Right, and, you know, obviously that is such a big part of his character, and I think so many other characters, like, so many other writers try to write Booster Gold as kind of like, a, you know, a, uh, you know, someone who will rip you off, but he's got a heart of gold. Okay. And I think by doing so, they sacrifice one for the other and you get like a really more heavy him being a money making scheme guy, or you get more so of like, he's a lovable loser sort of guy. Yep. This is the first time that I've read booster gold in a long time where they get like Tom King gets the mix. Perfect. On Booster Gold. And I want a Tom King Booster Gold miniseries. Solo which, book. Which, like, amazes me because he pretty much, you know, busted him up in whatever it was. What was that one? I always forget it. Uh, the one with Wally West and... Uh, the, remember the miniseries that he did? They were all in the same... You know, I could, I, could throw a net, I could throw a net and say something crisis and be right. Right, but... That one where he messed, and then Batman, he ended, he did the booster story, which ruined him where he had to go get therapy in those issues. Uh, so I had no faith in him ever writing a booster story, but the human target issues that, that, that booster shows up in. And this one, it is the, you say all that, I'm 100% behind you with that he's not evil. He's just always looking for the next opportunity. And 
uh, with that. He's perfect. And it's the closest it's ever been to being written by Salty Keith and Jam Maddie's. It feels like that when he writes uh, Booster in this. And then it doesn't hurt that Kevin is drawing him. <laughs> right. I mean, but I'm just going to go back to the other two stories. As much as, you know, like you said, I know like, I'm, I have an affinity more than you do for the other characters. He has those other two characters perfect. Like the story about Fire before she became a superhero and she was the model and this before she was the secret agent, that's all there. And then Guy like literally hating phonies and like the, some of the bits that he talks about there. And he talks about uh, the guy he's going after. When they kidnapped him, he was hit by a bus. And he's like, that's how they got him. And he was like, but it wasn't like when I got hit by the bus. And he goes into that a little bit. And if you don't know, it doesn't make any sense was he was hit by a bus. He was the backup GL for Hal. He gets hit by the bus. He gets put in a coma and he gets sidelined. And that's where they get Jon Stewart from. They're like, you need a backup. And I'm like, he knows all, like, this is all like deep in the woods on all these characters. So I was just as enamored with the fire and guy story as I was Booster, so I'm just slightly different, but I get what you're saying, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not saying that, like, I don't want to give no. any of that the short shrift, but I definitely feel as though more, uh, this is a guy story, and he got guy perfectly. This is the guy garden that we've read however many other times. Okay, can I say I this? I haven't okay. read a ton of fire stuff, you know? Um, but I feel as though he did a good job getting fire. I feel he nailed Booster Gold. Fair enough. And I think might be, if I say it best, then we can move on, is there's been a lot of guy stories. He's easy to get right. A lot of people have gotten guy stories okay, right. Okay, there you go. That's And a lot of people I'm, have yeah. done fire stories and they've gotten fire right. This is because somebody got Booster right, it makes it more special to you. Yes. That's there all. you That's, go. Anyway, and now I'm done babbling. All right, so the other book that we both read was uh, I Hate This Place, number four, uh, written by friend of the show, past guest of the show, Kyle Starks, uh, with art by, and again, I always feel bad because it's a very difficult name to pronounce, and I'm not very good at these, uh, Art Yom Toplin. Uh, this is the penultimate issue of this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, so, okay, I feel as though... There's going to be a ton of stuff that happens in that last issue. <laughs> yeah. Because there's still a ton of questions that I have coming out of this issue, right? Uh, you know, so we get such fast-paced frenetic action, um, you know, with uh, Gabby and Trudy on the run from, like, that weird big giant spider monster. Uh, the ghost hunter guy has, like, the giant egg sack that's grown out of the side of his head. Uh, we finally, they finally pull the trigger about the guy who's the robber who's posing as someone who's supposed to be helping them on the ranch, uh, because they stumble upon the car where all the money from the robbery is hidden. Uh, he thought that they buried it and that's why he's on the farm. He thought it was buried in the farm, but they just left it in the car. But this issue moves at such a frenetic pace. And I just feel as though we still have a lot more questions to be answered and, I'm looking forward to that last issue to see them all get answered. Right. Though I'm, I'm not going to speak for like, you know, Kyle and the way he writes his books, but I, I'm not, I do believe we're going to get answers, but who knows? Maybe he has more. I hate this place in the tank. 
You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, because like he kind of insinuated that six sidekicks trigger Keaton that might be done. I would love to see more, but um, I don't know. So maybe we will get a wrap up. Maybe we won't. But I'm here for whatever. But I totally agree with all of it. But I will say two things that jump out at me um, is like you said that I don't know if it's an egg sack or it's the venom sack that uh, the ghost hunter has. But when the killer grabs it to get the best of them, uh, it's one of the grossest things I've ever seen. Um, and then when the, the main characters try to warn the killer that uh, don't be loud because there are monsters in these woods, kind of a pinhead kind of a thing. Uh, do I look like I'm scared of monsters? I'm like, great line. It's going to look so good in the live action and or animated movie or TV show. <laughs> and uh, that happens, just, just you know, to interject, that panel is like the panel that sells this book. Mm hmm. Like when I came to that in the book, it just leapt off the page. It's t it's literally two colors, three if you count black for the guy's hair on the inks. But man, oh man, is that like the panel of the series yep. in a book that is full of like great moments like that. Right. And so like the killer, you know, is trying to, you know, something happens with him. And I'm like, I feel that's going to play into stuff that, you know, we, we were hinted at early in the, in the book. Um, and I definitely think, uh, we're going to see some interesting stuff with him that plays out. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just, it just, I, it can't be over so soon already. You know what I mean? With one right. left. It's because just, of the, right. The pace of this book makes it feel as though we just read issue one. Yes. Yes. It, but it, all in a good way. Not like you're getting short. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and I'm always a big fan of Gabby and Trudy before the ranch just cracks me up. This one is one of my favorites at the shooting range. And it's, it's a four panel uh, story written and illustrated by Kyle. And it immediately shows you the differences in the fourth panel between Gabby and Trudy. And that's good storytelling. Joe. Absolutely. So. Uh, so yeah, like I said, uh, uh, so we've got one more issue of this. And then the trade, I think, comes out in November. So if you miss this book for whatever reason, I highly recommend getting the trade of it. And listen, man, in this day and age, everything's available digitally. Just go get it digitally, you know? Yep. Uh, so that's what we read this week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out uh, this week. Uh, every Tuesday... We put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them mailed to your home, however did you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Um, Todd is currently in the lead over me with five correct guesses. Um, Todd, looking at your slender read of a list. Mm-hmm. What is Fantastic Four Full Circle? Is that new material? Yes, it is all new material. It is a original uh, gr graphic novel, hardcover. I don't know what you want to call it. Both written and drawn by Alex Ross about the Fantastic Four. Is that what you're most looking forward to coming out this week? Yes, it is. I'm very interested in that. I've been waiting on this uh, 
for a little bit now. And I got the extra special uh, slipcase edition. So yes, which was, which was only available through Diamond. Oh, and not even it's Marvel related, and it's not like through Penguin or whatever that is. So you had to get them through uh, uh, Diamond. I thought that was cool. So um, I'm looking over your list and also a slender read, even maybe more of a slender read than my list. And is the book you're looking forward to most Thunderbolts number one? It is Thunderbolts number one. Usually a layup with Thunderbolts for you. Yeah, anytime there's a new Thunderbolts book, of course, I'm going to get it. Um, this is a team led by Hawkeye, so that's like pulling on some heartstrings for, right. you know, the Kurt Busick run from the late 90s. Um, Jim Zub is the writer, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I am sad that they're not doing like an original issue one 1996 Thunderbolts homage variant cover, because that would have been like, you know, did we talk, was it last week or the week before? Where we talked about like oh paying the premium oh it was when we were talking about Department of Truth okay yeah and it was the Lady in Red and the Lady in Red covers are now like the premium like thirty forty five dollar variant covers and I'm like no nah, I don't need them all um, if there was a high end variant cover that was the homage to the original ninety six Thunderbolts book I would have plunked out the money for that. I have no doubt in my mind. And maybe Thunderbolts might come up later in this episode. Who knows? Oh. Um, there is something else that's going to come up later in this episode as well from the notes that I put into the poll post here. But we'll cover that when we get into the TV talk so we don't get too spoilery. Right. Okay. Um, so while you're over at longboxheroes.com, of course, you can check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, and the current ongoing saga in the place of Todd and Joe Have Issues, uh, which is determining who has the second best rogues gallery in all of comics. Uh, very clearly, The Flash has the best. I think Spider-Man has the second best. Todd thinks Batman is the second guest. We put together some of the bottom of the barrel of the rogues galleries of each listener of the show. Grinch McScrooge put together a bracket and you, the fans, get to vote on who moves through. Uh, this week was a rare Spider-Man versus Spider-Man villain matchup. And moving on to the next round, I think no surprise to many people, <laughs> the Hypno Hustler. He hustled his way right into the next round. Yes. Uh, I definitely think uh, Big Wheel had a chance, uh, but Hypno Hustler was just too strong, man. I'll say this, Joe. I didn't really do a push for either one, but I had a real – let's just say I had a game plan if I had to go up against Big Wheel. Uh-huh. Uh, Hypno Hustler a little harder, you know. Sure, sure. That's all. That's all I got to say on that. And then uh, next week, we're back to Spider-Man vs. Batman heads up uh, play here as uh, it is the King of Cats uh, taking on Video Man. Right. Uh, Video Man is essentially what if a Space Invaders, you know the side of the Space Invaders arcade cabinet, What the mm -hmm. you know what the Space Invaders in the game look like? Right. Well, what they are supposed to be is what is painted on the side of the cabinet for Space Invaders. Uh, Video Man is what if one of those came to life and were a Spider-Man villain. Right. Video games are cool, kids. Yep. 
Uh, is that all you got on that? So I don't that's, step on. That's all I got on video, man. Man. Right. Uh, Mayan is the King of Cats, which is a character named, uh, his first name is Carl, as I said before. And he's taken the mantle of a cat. And he has cat-themed crimes. And he has cat-themed uh, gimmicks like, a, you know, uh, the kitty car and stuff like that. And uh, he ends up trying to make the Catwoman the queen of crime. And Batman gets a little jealous because he thinks they're lovers. And Catwoman does love the King of Cats. But swerve, baby, it's because it's Carl Kyle, her brother. So technically she does love him. And then he ends up screwing up in the first issue he's in. And he gets put in jail. And he's pretty much, you know, never the King of Cats again. uh, Copy an A sometimes and you don't get an A. uh, Just stupid for being Catwoman's brother who's the king of cats and his costume is ridiculous so vote king of cats everybody Uh, and i will say this uh, obviously i hold true and i hope you do as well when it comes comes to any podcast that's doing a poll uh a weekly poll for any reason regardless of who the two competitors are i never vote for anyone named carl and neither should you wow So uh, that will be up uh, Wednesday around noon. You'll have about a week or so to uh, make your voices heard to see who moves on in the uh, the rankings here. Mm-hmm. And we did not have any art attacks this week. Would that be correct? We did not, Joe. Okay. Uh, hey, if you're still putzing around over at longboxheroes.com, uh, I think you got a little bit less than two weeks left to uh, sign up for the pigskin pickums. Uh, through the uh, ESPN link. It's uh, the pinned post there at the uh, top of the page at longboxheroes.com. We got very easy instructions on how to get you through um, and sign up and how to join our little group. We got a ton of people. Oh, boy, a ton of people now. Uh, Chip Chipperson 5.0 is in there. I know Chip. He hits home runs, right? (laughs) Yes, he does. And you actually personally know that person. I probably do. Uh, I see do Wikipedia is in there. If I not, if I did not mention that, uh, your mom says, hi. Oh, that's nice. Yep. Uh, coach bosses boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the more people that have, uh, come up in this. Uh, but yeah, it's just very easy. No line. You just do your straight picks. I think I have like the first four or five weeks already in there for myself, so I don't even have to think about it. And uh, yeah, for sure, it'll be fun just to see how the standings are going. Are we two weeks away from the actual season starting? Um, the actual start date of the 2022-23 season is September 8th. So that'll be a Thursday night game. So if you can get it in by the afternoon on September 8th, you're you're good to go. Yeah, so you got like what? As of uh, as of you listening to this, you got about nine days. To I get keep that a taken count. Care of. I keep a countdown on my phone, and it is eight uh, as as of this recording. Eight days, twenty one hours, eighteen minutes, zero seconds. Mm. Is that from just the day that the football season starts, or is that kickoff? Kickoff, and then that once the the fo- uh, the start time of that game, that's the kickoff of the season. So gotcha. So, and then once that happens, once a game starts, you can no longer decide, like you have to have your pick in before said game starts. So you could technically pick the Thursday game and not pick the Sunday games, but once any game starts that you have to pick, 
you're no longer allowed to uh, to to pick. You're locked out. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, have fun. You know, make football like mean something. I guess you know. Right. Have fun like Joe does every year. That's right. I remember when my kid was little and I would just have him pick the things, you know? Right now. Cool. Forget about it. Who knows? I know people used to have different systems, so. Right. Uh, so also, uh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, of course, be sure to check out our little store link there. Buy shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. If you want even more designs uh, inspired by more things said on this show and after dark, you can head over to our T public store, tinyurl.com slash longbox heroes. You could also support us by signing up for our Patreon. It's uh, getting to be the beginning of the month, the perfect time to sign up or up your pledge over at the Patreon. You get two extra shows a month from Todd and myself. Uh, one is Piro Mounties, looking at the film history of independent filmmaker Mark Piro, the mastermind behind Polish Vampire in Burbank, and previewing the past, where we look at 30 years ago this month's previews catalog. We're getting ready to record September 1992. Uh, this is a big one. Um, yes, you know, 92 has been a lot of big ones, but some would argue this might be the biggest of the big. Uh, but we will get there when we get there. And you also get those scans of those previews catalogs, high quality, professionally grade <laughs> scans. And uh, whether you're at the dollar level, the $5 level, anywhere in between, you get all of that. And obviously the $5 folks get the bonus shows early and you also get after dark about two days early so you can listen to these shows in the correct listening order mm -hmm. uh you can also support us by making any and all of your purchases through our amazon affiliate link there's a banner right at the top of the page over at longbox heroes a link to our affiliate page is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes no matter where it is where you get these episodes uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, somebody purchased a $25 Amazon gift card in a fancy birthday gift box, and I hope you are doing the Amazon gift card opportunity. Mm. If you know, you know. <laughs> uh, somebody also purchased uh, Amazon Basics Perforated Bubble Cushioning Wrap. Uh, a 175 foot long roll. Uh, also, they purchased some naysay uh, cardboard shipping boxes, pack of 26. Those sound like the tools of someone actually doing a Funko purge, not talking about doing a Funko purge. What kind of person would say they're doing a Funko purge and not do it, Joe. That's the mind of madness. That's right. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. <laughs> uh, somebody also purchased Tozo brand Bluetooth wireless earbuds, which, which caused me no grief. I will take my cats eating through the cord of my $7 wired headphones. Then, God forbid, I saw somebody, a friend of mine, uh, was tweeting out the other day, begging like hey do you have this specific airpods okay did you not upgrade but still have the charger because my charger broke and now i don't want to go and buy a whole new set but i'll buy just your charger for like two models that go off you know I'm like oh, man that's a horrible existence right you know what you don't have to charge a wired headphone that's right uh speaking of which somebody also purchased a utech wireless charger 
10 watts max fast wireless charging pad compatible with, and it lists a whole bunch of things, and then specifically states that what they purchased does not come with the AC adapter. Oh. But hey, it comes, it's an AirPods Pro. You never know. That might be the person who, you know. Oh, needed, that's true. You know, that might have found the version they needed. Or maybe they already have the AC adapter. They wanted to specifically purchase one without the AC adapter. There you go. That's Um, all I got for purchases, Todd. That's what I was going to say. And we only had two comic book purchases as I wipe a tear away from my eye. We had Amazing Spider-Man number eight. And because of us, obviously, I hate this place number four. For sure, and I, I'm sure that when the uh, trade paperback comes out, we'll be seeing dozens and dozens of people purchasing them. Uh, and hey, if you want to purchase it through the Amazon uh, click-through, by all means. I'm not going to say uh, don't do that. Right. Uh, so I think that's all we got for the main show before we get into some TV talk. Right. Now, before we get into discussing She-Hulk colon Attorney at Law, which is the full name of the show... Uh, Todd, have you gotten a chance to watch any of the Netflix hit show Sandman yet? I have not. Hopefully, starting this week, I will be able to. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I will say this. You know, obviously, things are moderned up. I don't want to give too, too much away. Things are a little bit out of order, and I'm sure there's a storytelling device for that, right? Um, and, you know, they try to stay as faithful to, uh, the comic as you can with these Mm -hmm. things going on, right? Yep. Uh, episode three is Dream traveling to hell to reclaim his helm back, Todd. I remember that story. Okay. Now, I'm sure, and again, I don't want to, so this is the thing. I would feel okay spoiling a 35-year-old comic book but I would not feel okay spoiling a month-old TV show that you haven't watched yet. Okay. But I will say this. There's two moments from that comic book that if I say to you, Todd, that are real gut punch, really get you moments from that particular storyline, right? That particular issue. They're in this, they're in this episode, Todd. Um, Would one be this, would one be a name that starts with C? Yes. And would the other be um, Hope Springs Eternal? Yes. Then I, that's my two. Okay. Uh, so, I, like, so obviously, I, I, I've read these. Like, April read them once and loved them, right? And they've stuck with her, okay? Mm-hmm. I've read Sandman from front to start at least five or six times. Maybe more. I could, I could definitely say for sure five or six times. And that second one that you mentioned, when that's coming, and they do such a build to to Morpheus saying what he says, right? Mm-hmm. And when he says it, and you hear him say it, my entire body, Todd, I just got chills throughout my entire body. It was so amazing. And I, 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 I don't feel as though I'm overhyping it. Right. It was I- that good. I have goosebumps from you describing it. Okay. Because that's a, that is, that is one of the greatest scenes in the early run of Sandman. The only reason it is not the best maybe 
in the first trade is because you have the issue, the sound of her wings in the first trade. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yep. That is a tough that I think we may have even done it on the show here. That is maybe one of my maybe even my favorite single issue of any comic ever made. Yeah, a couple years back we did uh Todd and Joe have issues where it was like our favorite single issue stories. Mm-hmm. And that for sure was in there. And I reread it at that time and it still holds up. And I think that's why that moment gets the the the, the short straw. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh, this happens, and then, uh, well, we go into Sound of Their Wings. and th- But then there's enough time, and I don't know where it is. I do believe it's in this miniseries. Um, I don't know, like, the amount of time that happens between Sound of Her Wings and 24 hours in a diner is enough to take the, the you know, the shine off number eight, if that makes any sense. So now, And again, no spoilers, right? So obviously... <laughs> I don't know if they do 24 hours in a in a diner in the TV show. Right. Because it hasn't happened yet. As like I said, things are a little out of order from the comic that I remember. Uh, you know, there's some liberties taken, but they're liberties that had to be taken. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, you know, we have the Dr. Destiny analog in this, okay? Right. And every time that he does something in, like, episodes two and three... I'm dreading him showing up at a diner. <laughs> right. You know? That, you know what, Joe? Can you imagine, I forget, like, even, you know, uh, 90, that would have been, like, late 80s, early 90s, 24 hours in a diner. Uh, that would have been, like, 88, 89, yeah. 88, 89. Now, I didn't read Sandman out of the gate. I had to go back and get the back issues. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so I did... And, but still, you know, I was in my, you know, uh, early twenties and you, between me and you, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't watch a lot of horror movies. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Bothered, that bothered the heck out of me. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> 24 hours in a diner. Um, but that marks the end as far as I'm concerned of the right around there of Neil trying to write like Alan Moore. And he becomes he he you know he's he spreads his own wings if you will because that's right. a total that's a total you know confession by him he's like for that first like almost year year and a half he goes I was trying to be Alan Moore and well, he comes pretty close that's well, not, listen you know, copy an A get an A this is the situation where that happens and I'm looking forward to it because when people like you and and my friends who have like who have the affinity for Sandman that I do. Uh, talk about it in you know in high regard. It it, it does good, my heart good. And then like Adam likes it. He never really read it. So there's that too from both sides. But I'm with you. I read that book. I had to read Sandman ten times over my, the course of my life. And then on top of that, if you've never done it, I always recommend this. And I don't know if I've done it before. It's, if you can find a copy of the Sandman Companion, where they interview a bunch of people who did the book, and you you go through it chronologically. One of the best reads if you're a Sandman fan. Uh, is it like a little hardcover? Yeah, it's almost like a digest size. Yeah, I have that. I have yeah. that. I don't know if you've ever actually read it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because some people buy stuff with, you know, and they put it off on the side and they never get around to it. Like but omnibuses? That, 
Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is uh, one of the things that when I did do one of my rereads, I ended up having that by my side and I would pick it up every now and then. I was like, this this is the way to do this. So, uh, I, you know, and obviously you, we were talking before we started recording that we're up for ideas for next year for what we're going to do for Todd and Joe have issues. Of course, we're open to suggestions, um, you know, from you, the listeners, but be ready for us to say no. Um, you know, because, you know, I, I could pitch, maybe we'll just reread Sandman, right? God, I could do that. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah. Just got to figure out how to fit 75 issues plus the three issue miniseries plus the Sandman mystery theater one shot into 52 weeks. Now, I don't know. I've, cause I, you kind of lost me on all the things you said to me. It's only sandman one through 75 right the orpheus one shot okay uh the The death the the death death, miniseries the death miniseries and then there was the i forget what they were called but there was the dream hunters hardcover which was neil gaiman and then there was i forget what it was called but it was neil gaiman with seven different artists doing a story for each of the endless that's wasn't it a sandman overture maybe no no there was sandman overture after that which was a prequel to sandman um but there was a sandman story and i can't remember what it was called but like bill sinkevich did a story Hmm. um uh like drew them you know what i mean yeah 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 but Um, i'm just throwing out there the sandman mystery theater one or Sandman Midnight Theater, it's called. Oh, okay. When you said Sandman, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Sandman theater. Midnight Theater. It's the it's a one shot, like forty eight page graphic novel crossover with Wesley. It's it's a, and again to say it's a Wesley Dodds Morpheus crossover is being very liberal of the use of crossover. Mm-hmm. But if you ever read it, you're like, it's a crossover. No, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. We just got to figure out how to chop that up into 52 weeks, unless we get a better suggestion, you know? Right, right. Uh, so, all right, back to She-Hulk, right? Right, right. All right. Uh, so She-Hulk episode two, uh, we learn that Titana, uh, not only is she a supervillain, she's also a social media influencer. So that's a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, even though everyone is excited and they all want to see the She-Hulk come into the bar, uh, the law firm that she's working for determines her to be a liability because it caught like her She-Hulkness cost them the case. Uh, because obviously she saved the jury from being murdered by uh, Titania. Uh, they had the uh, trial declared a mistrial because the 12 people would not be able to judge fairly. Uh, against someone who saved their life. So she's fired from, Jen Walters is fired from the law firm that she's working for. Uh, she goes and has a family dinner, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we get to meet Chad Banner. Bit of a letdown, I'll say. But hey, he's striving and thriving at Best Buy. Who can't mm. do that, Joe? Was he also selling Funko Pops online? <laughs> right. Um, however, um, while Jen is looking for jobs and she continually gets turned down, the uh, firm that they were up against in the initial t- uh, trial, GLK and H, come to her to hire her. 
Jen uh, to be the head of their superhero division, of course, with the caveat that she's She-Hulk all the time, from the moment she starts work to the moment she leaves work. And her first case is going to be the abomination, the great Emil Blonsky's uh, parole hearing. And Todd, Emil's a different man. Yes, he, he is. He has, n- it's not that he's no longer the abomination. He's chosen to no longer be the abomination. Right. He just wants to get out of jail and he wants to meet up with his seven prison pen pals <laughs> and get a house together, right? A farm, yeah. Something. Uh, definitely does not break out of prison and go do underground fight clubs as the abomination. Right. And sure. th- there's your episode. When it popped up on the thing as like 30 minutes and change, I'm like, yeah, we got a seven minute post credit sequence, right? Okay, so we'll come back to how long the episode is, because I got some thoughts, if you don't mind. I, I like the episode. I might be ribbing it a little bit. This is definitely a very fun and light and easy show where you're taking a character, maybe a couple, two, three more lower tier characters, and playing and having some fun with them. Yeah. Now, um, I do like the fact that, uh, do you think those seven people on the farm could be anybody in particular, Joe? Hmm. Do you think that, I don't know, it's like it's coming out of me, like a bolt of something out of the sky. Well, I'm going to say this, Todd. I'm going to guess it started off as one pen pal and then two pen pal. Maybe more so like of a chain letter more than a pen pal sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say that Abomination is a winning accomplice in whatever is going to strike like lightning. Um, But if this is how we get the Thunderbolts officially... Even though it's not my Thunderbolts, you know, I still, I still support the brand name. This is how it's happening, Joe, um, as far as I'm concerned. The other thing that I will say is uh, Emil Blonsky has a heck of a case as he explains it. He certainly does. He's like, listen, I was the good guy. And, you know, they shot me up with super soldier serum. And she's like, they did what? He's like, yeah. And then they sent me out there. Now, whether, you know, you believe him or not, like, that he's a good guy anymore, just the fact that, like, that's a great case. Um, so I think she's going to she get him off. And then we find out that he's doing, from Shang-Chi, he's doing the underground fighting. But I've watched that scene where Wong comes to get him. He takes him back to the prison. When he opens up the gate, the, it's the prison again. So I'm wondering, like, they're going to go back and he's still there. That's neither here nor there, but I find that interesting. Um, and I do like when they go to the prison, they have the most realistic CGI truck coming out of a garage. Uh, go back and watch it again. It was jarring to me, and I don't notice things like you do, but I hated it. I was like, you have all this stuff with like the Hulk CGI and She-Hulk CGI, and that's your truck? Okay, I guess. Um, that, and I love the fact that her father is cousin Larry, um, from perfect strangers. Sure. So I, and I like that character because when they go into the house, it's, she goes to the family dinner and she meets all the family and they're immediately doing all the things that they were told not to do to annoy Jen. And I, and I'm like, that's almost like a realistic family. And, uh, that's really cool. But the father literally takes her off on the side and, Pats her on the bags like, I know you. And he has genuine, you know, like, worry for her. So I, I really did like that. 
Um, and if they don't stunt cast Bronson Pinchot at some point to appear, they're leaving money on the table. I want that. Um, and when she calls up her brother, her cousin, Bruce, to ask him uh, if it's okay. And he's like, because he, I, she thinks he's a changed man. He's like, I'm a changed man, too. I was a completely different man back then. Literally. And I'm like, that's right. You were, you know, you were Norton back then. You were more Ruffalo. So that made me laugh. Um, I, I really like it. But I will say this about the run times. Everybody's saying like, oh, you blink and it's over. You blink and it's over. I'll, I'll stand by this. I'll, I'd rather you leave me wanting more than overstay your welcome every time. Because I always complain about that. We did that with the Netflix Marvel shows. We did that with other stuff. It's like, you're padding here. This is quick, concise, in and out. I love it. Um, even though they're like under the 30-minute the runtime, we're getting eight episodes. So I think when it's all one co- cohesive unit, it's going to be a little bit better. But I think Jen's a great character. I, she's the most likable character that of all the Marvel characters so far. I don't know. There's something about her that I like. For sure. Um, reluctant superhero. Mm-hmm. Re- you know, she just wants to practice law and... You know, I think she's by the end, she's going to figure out how to do things on her own, mm-hmm. not as part of this law firm, but she's probably going to open up her own separate thing, you know? Right. Um, you mentioned the van. I'm going to have to go back and watch the van. Um, we're already two episodes in and the CGI of Jen, for the most part, looks like dog trash. What? But, but this episode had the most ADR of any like 23 minutes of television that I've watched from beginning to end in the history of my life. I would say two thirds of Jen's scenes of her talking. uh, I'm sorry. She Hulk scenes of her talking were with her back to the screen. So you couldn't see how bad the lips didn't match up to whatever the dialogue she was saying was. I didn't notice that, but I was, Oh my God, it was driving me nuts. I was too busy looking at the truck. Like I said, um, but at least she's keeping uh, cousin Larry hydrated at the end, so that's all that matters. Right. That's that's one of the scenes. She's coming in carrying the giant water bottles, mm-hmm. and then like the whole t- like she walks toward the screen, and then she turns to go up the steps, and then she has like a seven minute conversation with her back to the screen. And if you're and again, I listen to a lot of stuff with headphones on, just so I'm not disturbing everybody else in my house. And I think it's it, maybe it's just noticeable because I'm listening with headphones on, but like you could really hear that it's like two completely different audio tracks between Cousin Larry and She-Hulk. Right. Well, that's because your cats are probably chewing on your headphones. You need those AirPods, Joe. Right, right. But uh, the last thing was when Jen was looking for a job because she got fired, she was on a website, like, you know, looking for whatever. And there was an East, there was a couple of Easter eggs in the corner that I, that you might've missed because you're not a big Easter egg guy, Joe. Um, one of them was, and this will tell you where it is. If you go looking for it, there's an ad for Iron Man threes, which are the new like Iron Man sneaker in the Marvel universe. Um, okay. but, but under it, that's not so much an Easter egg, but they kind of, I think they did mention the Iron Man sneakers in the, the movies before, but they're, they're like related articles under it. And there's like, if you wanted to click on these, these two things. And one of them was why there is a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean. Um, now you didn't see Eternals, but no one some, did. 
Right. But this, this, they stopped the Celestial from destroying the Earth by breaking out of the Earth. And it kind of stopped about halfway through. So out in the ocean, there's a Celestial sticking out, which nobody's mentioned before. But that's there. That's neither here nor there. You don't care about the Eternals. I don't care about the Eternals. But it's an Easter egg nonetheless. But the one above it, Joe, may pique your interest that says, man fights with metal claws in bar brawl. Who could that be, Joe? That could be anyone. Right. That could be many people's. But uh, I like that, that uh, that they're hinting that it's Wolverine out there. But I just thought that was cool. I like that any, stuff like this could pop up anywhere, anytime. You know what I mean? Right. So and at least they didn't play the animated X-Men song that, for you to miss. So For me to miss, right. <laughs> right. I, I mentioned, uh, you know, I don't know if it was on mic or off, but I was... If you listen to After Dark this week, you'll know I was uh, under duress <laughs> and having a lot of stress while watching the episode. So if Distress. I miss something, right. Yes. But yeah, no, that's well. And, and I, I was going to say I missed those two. But then again, I wasn't watching on what will hopefully be a very large screen. I watched it on my computer and that was actually stooged off to me by uh, a website. So but uh you know, whatever. I'll take any and I'll take any Easter eggs I could find. So that's all I got. Yeah. So like I said, I've really been enjoying uh, She-Hulk. I think it's a very good show. Me too. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So I think that's all we got, right? I believe so. Uh, you know, She-Hulk is still plugging along and then Stargirl uh, returns this week. So we'll have that to talk about next week as well. And I'm looking forward to uh star girl coming back it was definitely a fun show um kind of outside of like you know the D- dc tv universe but kind of outside the the arrowverse so right. you know, not as much baggage but if you're a old dc head like todd and myself and the jsa type people are your favorites then you know you might like this show right with a spot on our man costume exactly <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. This was episode 621 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Listening to the soon to be named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.